Today on the Rebel Leadership Podcast, we're going to be talking to Katie and Brian and the results of them swapping roles and the extreme change in the relationship as a result. So last week, I asked the two of you to swap roles. It's a little bit of a social experiment, we can call it. And we wanted to see, is there any empathy that you can glean by walking in the other shoes and literally an- answering questions of that person's team at on behalf of that person each day and what you would learn at the end of it to bring back and hopefully have a better relationship in the end and also have some insights that you were not expecting to find as a result. But let's back up before we reflect on what happened on that freaky Thursday and Friday. Uh, how long have you guys been working together? Well, I started at Rebel five and a half years ago. So Brian and I have been working together at Rebel for five, five and a half years. Um, and we also worked together at a past life for a brief stint. And uh, Yeah, so we've known each other for probably nine years. Have you had a good relationship all those nine years? I would say no. It ebbs and flows like... <laughs> <laughs> Are you just being PC? I don't. I don't want to make the Give correlation. Give me the real, real. What What has it been like? Okay, so um, we work on different teams, right? So over the course of our tenure here, um, we've had a real, actual relationship. Um, not you know on clients that are specific, on projects that are specific. Um, And then between our teams, right, because we're defensive of our people and we want to make sure that we are doing our best to support our own team. So by the nature of our roles, Brian and I have butted heads from time to time. Yeah. And I would I would I really want to add on to that because I think it's an important piece of um, I think if you asked anybody that works for us on our teams and with us that we are fiercely loyal and um and defend our team to the probably a little bit too far (laughs) and one of these things that we we determined um when we did this this freaky friday Mm -hmm. was okay that's an important piece to um to managers is to be a loyal to your team but you also have to be very open-minded and start to look at the way others are um are reflecting on a particular project why do you feel like you're so defensive of your team? Because I, I understand where they're coming from. Um, I've been in their shoes before. I am in their shoes every single day. And I want to make sure that they have the full support uh, that they need of not just a manager, but of a leader, right? And, and I want to be there for them. Um, and I want to be there for them on both a personal and a professional level because I truly love my team. Mm-hmm. What about you, Brian? And I would say the, the team is who makes um, who you are. So, for instance, uh, am, I a, am I a good employee? Uh, a lot of that is dependent on whether or not my team is, is <laughs> good employees and does good work. Yeah. And, you know, I get, I get the accolades from the work that they do. Um, you know, if they're not doing a good job, then I also have to, that reflects on me and I have to course correct that. So I want them to know that I always have their back because when it comes to working at midnight or whatever, 
I have to have a good relationship with them and because I'm dependent on them delivering something. Right. I have their back up and down. Yeah. Now, as we as we did this role reversal, yeah. I feel like my team is bigger and includes other departments and teams yeah. and I have to have their back as well. Right. And so it's not just the the eight developers that I'm defending, it's the 25 people on the same team that that mm. I have to have their back support and like Katie just said lead that feels like a giant aha moment that you had as a as a leader so let's play back Thursday first so what happened on Thursday so one step back we on Wednesday Brian and I sat down and kind of planned out how this was gonna roll right right um so we looked at our calendars and we decided what made sense for each of us to attend because it didn't make sense for us to attend all of our meetings together. So um, we broke it down, and I Thursday's my one-on-one TB day with a lot of my team members. Um, I reached out to them individually and said, hey, you know, we're doing this Freaky Friday thing. Do you mind if Ryan sits in? Because I didn't want to offend anyone. Um, but I also thought that they would be okay with it. So um, I saved one meeting, I think it was, that I didn't want you to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's more of a personal conversation with that person. And you had an interview at that time anyway, so it was fine. Yeah, um, that, that break in day <laughs> to just look at emails that were just piling up on that. downstairs at the restaurant taking shots at the bar during that half hour break. I don't know if, if that would have helped or, or made things worse. <laughs> this afternoon one-on-one. Like, I tell you what, at the end of the day, my face was was bright red like it gets when I drink alcohol but this was this was naturally induced I was just exhausted and you know oftentimes like when when you are just running ragged and you're getting exhausted it kind of like the blood just sits in your face and you can feel heat radiating from it Mm -hmm. that's how I felt at four o'clock when on Thursday when our experiment ended and Katie pinged me at like four or five and said do you want to do it you want to circle back and do a post-mortem on this? And in my head, I was thinking, God, no. But I responded, uh, how about we do it tomorrow? Well, so why did you feel so stressed by her role? Like, was it that you felt the burden of all those conversations and the client demands and everything like that on your shoulders? Or was there more to it than that? So I would say that, that Katie probably protected me from some of the, the egregious stuff that, that she has to deal with on a, a daily basis. Um, but why was I exhausted? Simply because um, we were on all day. And by on, I mean literally on Zoom all day, right? So you, like there's no break because you can't, you can't check out in a meeting when, when people are looking at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but on all day where like just conversation and small talk and pulling concepts about a project out of your head. And, you know, one of the things that, that impressed me about Katie was she, we, we talked to, I think, eight people that day mm-hmm. and they all have, they all have tons of projects, but let's just say we talked about five or six projects of these eight people. It's 50 projects, r- roughly 50 projects that we talked about and Katie knew the status of each one. She knew the intricacies of each one, the nuances of each client. It was like, wow. And that's what I mean. Like just, we were on all day. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we would get on these calls, right? And we'd have a little small talk, a little banter always. And then the team 
member would ask a question or introduce an issue that they were currently dealing with. And that's usually when I would jump in and we know me, right? Like my face cannot hide what I want to say. So I was like actually covering my face because I didn't want Brian to see what I would say (laughs) or if I was cringing by what he was saying. So, um, oh, so I was, you actually responded. He was to responding their... to the issues. Oh, now I see why your face yeah, was flushed. This was not a fly on the wall situation. No, um, he was doing the job. I was given wow. sort of right of first refusal on some of these responses. Were you right? Like, were you giving good feedback input? Well, I mean, if I have to say, I was impressed with myself. Because if I if I thought about it right away, like I would say, I have no idea what these fifty projects are that this, this team is talking about. Mm-hmm. But I was pretty well up to speed. Yep. Uh, you know, flying across the treetops yep. on That's some of these right. accounts, so I know, I know the projects, I know the names. In some cases, I know the clients and things like that. So it was also probably good checks and balances for you to say, like, okay, I have it under control. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was like, okay, I do know a little bit, like a little bit about yep. each of these things. Sure. When, when, right. And, um, you know, in my past life, I've been on the account side. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on the sales side. So I, I feel like I know a little bit about what, the, what these folks are going through. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, I had to answer their questions. And what I would do is just kind of draw back on a bunch of things. Uh, past experience, yep. um, a lot of common sense. Yeah. I mean, common sense rules our world. If we st- take a step back, whether it's technology or uh, relationships or whatever it's it take a step back and common sense is in, embedded into each of those things yeah, so that's that's a that's a normal thread that goes through it and um and just understanding how we as a company work right. and that's so my answers to them <clears throat> or rather my advice to them was kind of threaded uh through all those kind of lenses yeah so let's fast forward to friday when you were brian and you even had the full getup of his tracksuit on so I had to come to the office. Swapped Zoom backgrounds, which really freaked me out all day because I couldn't tell who I was talking to. <laughs> so what was your day like? So Friday was a little different, right? Because Brian, that's his in-office day, and that's when the dev team has their meetings. So I also got to participate in the actual team meeting, which for me was enlightening. Um, but I was in the office, and the first thing that I noticed was the interaction between the team in the office they are like just buddies right and i don't get to see that as sitting on a different team and i don't get to see the dev team interact with one another um i only see them one off on individual projects right so it was really interesting to see the the banter and the communication with one another i really appreciated that um, and, and even one of the team members said to me, because we added each other to our Slack team Slack channels, said that you're going to notice that the Slack channel is going to be quieter today because we're in person. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of silliness, but they're very playful um, and fun with each other, which is obviously encouraging to see when you're looking at yeah, it's kind of like that personal family yeah. mentality. Like you're you're your most authentic version of yourself when you're around the people you're comfortable around. Yeah, absolutely, and they all have each other's back, yes. right? Just like Katie's team mm-hmm. all have each other's back, mm-hmm. and sometimes you know, most times that's great. Sometimes. <laughs> it becomes a little bit tribal where it's like, oh, 
this you know this team against this team yes. um, whether it's in attitude or actions or anything yep. like that so the one takeaway that I'm going to drive down to my team yeah. is is this empathy thing um, and because I think that's ultimately where it needs to go yeah. like Katie yeah, and I, I have known each other a long time have worked together a long time um, know the nuances of how to work together mm-hmm. but th- that kind of stops there yeah right mm-hmm. we're such a big company now yeah and so many new employees come on they immediately gravitate towards to their tribe and their first instinct is to have their tribes back mm. so you said something to me brian the other day when you guys were refer- when you were really reflecting on those those two days um that resonated with me as a, as a leader too and it was like how do you pick somebody up after they've had a, a hard day knowing that they just got all this negativity thrown on their plate they've got all this stress from the client side yeah. on their plate and then they turn around and ask a team member for help like can you please just give me the answer i'm looking for and that person gives it right back to them and and you were describing the empathy that you felt for that account manager in that role just by seeing like what the sheer volume of what they're trying to deal with every day is. Can you talk a little bit about yes. that? Certainly. Feeling? So the account team was, is what I would consider sort of front lines for Rebel. They mm-hmm. are working with um, the, the sales prospect, prospects, the clients um, on an hourly basis, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're fielding um, impromptu phone calls when their phone rings and and they pick up and they don't know what they're in store <laughs> for. Um, or they get an email that just kind of um, puts them a little on edge. Mm-hmm. Or or there's a, there's a complaint about one thing or another. As the front line, they field those questions, have to immediately um, suck all the emotion out of it, mm-hmm find the facts of the matter, then um, then kind of put a plan forward. Now imagine if that's a phone call, you pick up the phone and that happens. Those things all have to happen within the first 10 seconds or so, <laughs> instantly, right? And, um, and occasionally, you know, there, there'll be um, trouble a-brewing from a, the client side and, and the account folks as front lines have to deal with it. And then they deal with the situation. Now they have to go work to get it resolved. Mm -hmm. And they'll have to go typically to another team to get that resolved. Where are we on this particular project? What is the status? Why are we late? Do you have everything you need? And imagine if you just got off the phone with a client who was dissatisfied. That's put you as that account person on edge. Now you're going to go look for help. And that's all you want. Resolution and help. And you go to another team. And they don't have that immediate empathy for you. And not only are they not trying to help, but you perceive them as trying to like not help. Yeah. yeah. So now you're you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, you're on my team. Why can't you just help me? And so again, one thing that I want to drive down to my team is to field that request, that that issue. Try to empathize with the person who's brought it to you and what position they might be in mm-hmm. and what state of mind they might be in. Right. And take a breath and say, I can help you resolve Yeah, it's like what might take them one hour of work could have saved that person an entire day's worth of stress. Right. Trying to find another resolution. Right. And their response could make the account person's day 
three hours harder and three hours more stressful, or it can immediately um, resolve that problem yeah. and make it three hours of a better day. Right. So it, it'll happen in baby steps, yeah. and it doesn't, you know, if we could just not give more stress to that account person, yeah. that's step one, and that that I think would feel like we're moving mountains. I think it's so simple. Yeah, and I, I just think that that would go so far. Um, and it really just comes down to being humans and not playing this team versus team kind of thing and and just understanding and having more empathy for each other like Brian and I did, right? Like um, one of the one of my biggest takeaways from Brian's role was that he's constantly being peppered with little teeny tiny ticky tacky things to fix it, to fix it, to fix it. And it's 70 people coming to you to fix it. Um, you have a team, you have people to support you, but you're you're the end of the line, right? So people go to you first. Um, yes, there are some of those things that you do manage, um, like email accounts, because we don't want everybody to have access to things that are personal. Right. But there are also things um, that are just super um, teeny tiny minutia that I feel when you're constantly being peppered with these requests, how could you possibly get any work done that day? And it's just like that to me was draining. Well, and, and, and on the flip side, he has me, like I'm a big picture thinker and I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I can appreciate all that little stuff, I'm also expecting movement on the big picture right. stuff. Right. So like just hearing you guys empathize, it's like I truly don't empathize with what's on your plates either. Right. So like even just hearing your reflection moment also makes me empathize with you from the periphery, which is what I hope that this story helps people with is that when you're, when you're expecting all those different things, it's like, what are we truly capable of taking on during the middle of the day? And like, how do we need to protect our time and protect the emotions of the other person to help offset some of that, that burden? Protection of time is, is what you said. We all need to carve out some time to to do our projects. And, you know, as, as you start to get to, into management, middle management, you have to you have to carve out time for the little things as the, the big things as well. We, hearing you say that, Katie, about like all the little things that happen, I try to look at those as little micro moments that says, okay, this person is locked out of their email. Mm-hmm. Seems like a nuisance to me, but they are locked out they literally can't do any work for them until i get to this and that could ruin their day so i try to i try to prioritize stuff yeah. like that to to give everybody a win um, it takes time but it is simple to do and so i can do it but then they're not, if they're locked out they're losing um time right. which is money right. but they're also getting frustrated and they're what's happening you know getting jammed up behind them is snowballing right you so, have to have a crazy amount of empathy for the entire right. company who has a technical issue. Which right. is a, it can be a day stopper. Which is great, but you also have a ton of work to do. So it's like <laughs> balancing like the reality of that. Like people coming to you and saying, I, I got locked out of my Gmail. Like I said this to you guys on Friday. Like, I'm sorry, but remember your flipping passwords or save it somewhere. Like Come on, guys! Like we're all adults, right? Like right. There, there's get a, shit together. But you don't know. Like they might have had their password written down, 
and their child who's now homeschooled ate ate the paper. I know, I know, I know. But I just can't imagine like 70 people pinging me being like, I lost my password. I'd be like, oh my God. You would have no tolerance. I have no patience for that. I'm not a teacher. I have the patience of a saint. you do. But Um, but, but one thing on that, that was like, we're talking right now about like work empathy. Yeah. And work is a big chunk chunk of our life. Mm -hmm. You know, let's just call it like 10 hours of, of the day. We haven't even started to talk about like what happens in people's personal lives right. that affects their work lives. Yeah. You know, so if mm-hmm. someone is being cranky all week, um, maybe there's a reason behind it. Right. And um, you know, not that we need to explore each other's personal lives, but <laughs> sometimes just throwing a note out there: you seem a little off this week. Yeah. Is there anything I can do to help? Is there anything else um, that HR could maybe do to help? Yeah. Um, or maybe I'm super snarky one day and yep. you don't know that, you know, something catastrophic in my personal life happened. Right. And then you, not you, but someone like yeah. gives me attitude back and and not only am I quicker to blow my temper, but it's like, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, I think this Freaky Friday thing is something that's not, it's not a new concept, right? We always talk about that. Like you never know what someone's going through in their personal life. I know Katie's been, you've had some difficulty with school drop off and that's really stressful to you. And every mom out there and dad out there who's doing that drop off can empathize. Um, But you're not bringing that to your day to day at work and people aren't necessarily um, thinking about that as their first reaction when they go to handle a, a situation. But I think the Freaky Friday thing makes so much sense to me because so much of our emotions and our stress comes from that day at work. And in these little tiny moments where someone can make or break an entire day, that's where it matters most to put yourself in their shoes and just say, let me just do what they're asking for. Like give them a win so they can resolve this problem. And then let's, and then that's something great that you did for that other person. So what it, if you were to summarize what you learned and how you think it'll affect your relationship between the two of you, what would you say? I would say this, let's call it an experiment, right? Yeah, social experiment. <laughs> yeah. That's how we started. This experiment struck me a lot, a lot deeper than I thought it would. Like, I thought this was going to be a cute thing and we would just kind of yeah. mirror Another each other and things ideas. like that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But I don't know. I mean, like, uh, certainly, I think it built the relationship Katie and I have built it in a in a positive yeah. manner. But I'm thinking like past this. Like I, I think out of the eight meetings that we had the day that I was Katie, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> as Brian, I apologized to three or four of those folks because you know oftentimes I was I was capable of helping them more than I had, and I really wasn't thinking empathy. Um, at the time now it's because of this experiment it's really ingrained in my head Um, the takeaway that that I would tell my team or anybody that was involved in is be thankful you learned how to code and you're a developer so that you don't have to be an account person Mm -hmm. because they put up a lot with a lot more trouble than than you have to yeah what about you Katie I think um yeah, I think our relationship, I mean, I think we were in a good place before this, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we both yeah. jumped to the chance to do this. Yeah. We, were the, we were the first two that raised our hands. Um, and I actually, like, of the people sitting in the room, I wanted to swap roles with you over anybody else. So I think it was a good experiment. It has 
And like we said in the beginning, our re- our relationship hasn't always been perfect. It's true. Yeah. Um, we've been in some rough places before, but I think this definitely gives me some better perspective on like the shit that you deal with every day. Um, it has brought us closer, and I it gives me a, a better perspective of your team and why you are so defensive of them in their time too. And, you know, one of the pieces that I want to bring back to my team is understanding that you guys are the developers, right? You're the end of the line. And you've said this to me before, but I never really understood it, right? Like when we crunch a timeline and when clients don't get back to us and um, the design gets delayed and, and all the millions of steps that have to happen before development, all of that stuff happens and it just is the timeline onto the dev team um, and so then you're stuck right holding um, holding the ball and just trying to figure it out and it's all hands on deck at that point and trying to like play with the puzzle pieces and what can drop and what can shift and who can work over the weekend and who can work over the night to make it happen because it still has to happen by the deadline right yeah um, and so you make it work so thank you for that um and thanks to your team for making that work but i think we need to be better on the front side of you know um supporting you guys and making sure that that doesn't happen as often as it does we'll get it figured out we'll get better and better each time Baby stuff, right?